Hello, everyone. Welcome to season two of the Off Grid Pros podcast. How's it going? Excellent. Good. Ryan? Yeah. You excited for season two? Yeah. Heck yeah. We yeah. did it. We made it past 10. <laughs> We're on episode 11. What? <laughs> Crazy. Man. It's, <laughs> can't wait for season 10. Honestly, what are we going to talk about by then? <laughs> That's like 100 episodes in. Uh, I'm sure we'll figure something out. Yeah. Episode 11 or episode one of season two. Today um, today is off-grid horror stories. So super spooky. Um, this episode is going to be released October 27th, I believe. What's Tuesday? Yep, yeah, October 27th. 27th. So this is our um, this is our Halloween edition. Uh, the producers, you know, just scheduled it perfectly for us to talk about horror stories. We have the best producers. Yeah. God. I love those guys. Um, yeah, so this is our our Halloween edition podcast cuz you know every every um Every, I guess, podcast or TV show has their own Halloween edition. So here you go. You're welcome. Um, so if you're, if this is, maybe we should just like reintroduce ourselves again real quick, just because this is season two. Maybe somebody will catch us in the season two. So my name's Jonathan. Um, what's your name, Ryan? Actually, we have two Ryans. We've got two Ryans here. So one is yeah. Ryan and one's Keneally. Say hi, Keneally. Hello. That's Keneally. Um, so yeah, it's three person company. We are the producers in case you didn't pick up on that. Um, and let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, what exactly we do. So this is basically just off grid pros. We do, uh, we have a website called shopoffgrid.com. You can buy stuff there. And this op- this podcast is to help you figure out what, to, what to do in terms of, getting solar or water treatment or anything like that. So this is kind of your uh, all in all in one place, one-stop shop. So if you haven't checked out season one of our podcast, go ahead and do that. There's 10 episodes over there, all good stuff about solar and batteries and water and camping. So, but today, like I said, we're talking about off-grid horror stories. So, Keneally, can you tell us what our fun fact is for today? I will. So, on average, uh, 2,250 people go missing in the Alaskan uh, wilderness every year. So, that's roughly five out of every 1,000 residents will never be seen again on an annual basis. That sounds terrifying and makes me never want to go to Alaska. (laughs) And as Ryan, as we were going over this episode prior to recording, Ryan mentioned that this seemed way too crazy to be true. And being the millennial that I am, I trusted the front page of Google (laughs) and it was filled. You can, for for the listeners, go ahead and Google it. Google missing people in Alaska and it is going to fill I didn't go beyond the front page, but I'm sure that at least the second page is filled with it too. There's a bunch of articles that that uh, go into how many people go missing in the Alaskan wilderness every year. I mean, I, I would assume some of these people intend on going missing. 
But because this is a horror story episode, I'm going to assume that most of them got eaten by bears and ghosts. <laughs> this this is an ur- this is an urban legend. It's this is this is crap. I, that's what I think. Yeah, I didn't snopes it, so I didn't politifact <laughs> it. I'm, I'm looking at the website. It's medium.com. That's Wait. just one, but I mean, I seriously went through. <laughs> I went through several of these, <laughs> and by several, I mean at least four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would challenge you to find an off-grid horror story fact online. It was difficult. And I may or may not have been doing that during my day job. So not like I had all day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I did the same search and uh, I found the same thing of the whole first page of Google is covered in it. And uh, that means that lots of people are looking at it because you know how much we try and pay sometimes to get on the front page Google. So none of those were ads, organic, organic searches. Yeah, lots of foot traffic. That's the dream. So it has to be real. There's got to be some truth to it. For, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people writing about this. My assumption is that they are all being taken by ghosts, you know? It's just like there's there's no other explanation for it, not even bears or animal other animals. It's all ghosts. Hey. There's at least one man, the grizzly man. <laughs> you see that documentary? Grizzly. You talking about? Like, oh yeah. You know what I'm talking that. about? Oh no. yeah. Okay. That, yeah. What are you talking really about? Really interesting dude. That guy. Oh man. Yeah. It's I'm I'm gonna butcher it. It's either the grizzly man or. You probably Google it real quick, but uh, yeah, he did a whole, he went out there for many uh, summers, I think it was, and he just kind of went out by himself for most of them. I think all except for the last one, he just, it was like him and, and some, and a camera and he just Googled himself like documenting the grizzlies and his adventures in the wildlife. And on the, I think it was, I don't know, it was something crazy, like his 16th summer out there or something like that. His uh, he took his girlfriend, and uh, and uh, yeah, they. I think he, he definitely got eaten by one of the bears. Yeah, <laughs> I think she. I think she did too. I don't. She got a. She may have gotten away. I think. Maybe they both got eaten. I don't remember. And he, yeah, you're right. He definitely did, but I can't remember about her. Yeah, you can, and you can YouTube. There's, there's, there's audio out there, but it's it, nobody really thinks that the audio is real because I think the family has it, and they, they said that they would not, they would not release the audio because of how, how horrific it sounds. See, this is why I don't mess with that kind of stuff. This is why I don't go to the wilderness um, of Alaska and hang out and try and do this kind of stuff so that I don't get eaten by bears or whatever. You know, it's just like my own thought process is to avoid it. So it doesn't happen to me, but I agree. You know, nothing about that sounds fun. No, I don't. I don't Absolutely so nothing. And I, and I like that, that people are scared to go do that, which so that it means when I go out there, I don't have to be around anyone else. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but you said, Ryan, before we started that you wholeheartedly believe in ghosts so like I do. What if you're out there and a ghost tries to attack you and you're by yourself? What are you gonna do? 
I mean, I guess I'll get attacked by ghosts. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that. <laughs> what 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 else am I supposed well, to do? Have you ever had like, like a I'm scary not gonna go because I'm worried about ghosts in the Well, Alaska. have you ever had like a scary experience while like camping where you're like, wow, I'm about to get murdered out here? Nothing like that. Nothing creepy. Uh I, I gotta be honest, not not really. No. Nothing that like comes to mind. There might be. And if I thought hard enough, but no. <laughs> well, we are later in the episode going to talk about um, haunted campgrounds. So if you're ever interested, Ryan, in experiencing something like that, then you can go to one of these. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then we could do a whole new episode on you telling us all about it. Um, <laughs> but first, I'm going to tell you guys my one experience of um, – witnessing a ghost i never i didn't encounter them i think it's a ghost this is what this is what i think so um when i was a child when i was in middle school my mom was driving me to school and uh she out of nowhere so we're like on this like four lane road right so we're we're driving down the road we see this kind of puff of, of smoke, a big, big old smoke come right out of like a, uh, the gutter. Okay. It turns into the form of a person on a bicycle coming off of the side road onto this main four lane road. And then this car coming the opposite way drives right through the person on the bike. My mom and I both went, <gasps> and she turned to me, and she's like, what did you just see? Because at that moment, as soon as they hit the person on the bike, they disappeared. Like, smoke went around the car, and the person was gone. And I was like, I just saw a person on a bike get hit by a car. And she's like, oh, my God, me too. Now, that is clear evidence of paranormal activity because you can't tell me that didn't happen because we both saw the exact same thing. How so, old were you, did you say? I was probably in the eighth grade, so however, however old you are eighth at that grade. point in your life. I, I also started doing um, <clears throat> drugs in the eighth grade. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think that probably explains that right away. <laughs> Did you eat? Did you eat some mushrooms that morning? Did you just find some mushrooms in your yard? Maybe we were both doing it that day. <laughs> didn't know it, but you know we both saw the same thing. So, and then also one other thing. This now I've never experienced it, but my girlfriend and her family all just swear that their house is haunted, which makes me feel great. You know, going and spending a night over there because it's just like cool. I want to hang out with ghosts. Um, but they have all said that they've encountered paranormal activity in some sort. Um, each one of them individually of like somebody standing in a corner, somebody standing at the end of a hallway um, or even being like, like uh, what's the word when a ghost takes over your body, whatever that is, that kind of stuff. Possessed. Possessed. Like mm. sleeping. Yeah. And like scratches on them and on stuff. And I'm, now, like I said, I've never encountered it myself, so maybe they're all crazy. But uh, 
You just spent the last ten days over there. I mean, I did. Yeah, then I never, never, not a single thing. But you know, who knows? I'm have really you, hoping that I never encounter one at all. Have, ever. You, have you guys ever had a sleep sleep paralysis? Oh yeah, I've yeah. Like where you like wake up and you can't move. Is that what it is? Yeah, you're kind of half awake, half asleep, and so what most people experience is like. Um, there's like a presence in the room. It doesn't always have to be like a ghost or like, but the, you just, or, and, and you don't always see it. You just sense it or feel it mm-hmm. like that. Something is there in the room with you and you can't move. You can't react and, to it, but you really yeah. want to. And yeah. yeah and, uh, and uh, yeah, no, I frequently deal with that. I have for a long time. And it's all, and I end up making noises, and it wakes my wife up, and then she'll wake me up. Hmm. That's yeah. yeah. That's you described that perfect. Do you? Does that happen to you too? So that yeah, it's um, it's a pretty common thing, um, especially like if you're under a lot of stress or like not not sleeping enough. Um, it's like a known condition, and so when I was at West Point, like all of the people there are just, you know, everyone's under a lot of stress and they're not getting very much sleep and all of that. And so that was pretty common. There was a, a ghost story of, of, uh, like an old cadet who would basically, you'd wake up and you would, you couldn't move and the ghost was pushing on your chest. Like that was a really common Nope, experience. Nope. So yeah, there's a good picture. Um, if you, if you Google sleep paralysis, I think it's one of the first pictures up on there it, with that illustration of, of, of like a ghost on your chest or like a demon looking thing on your chest. I'm sure you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's it. Yep. Yeah, common among my army buddies too. Same, yeah. same thing. I actually, I had that problem prior to the military, but it's definitely been worse afterwards. Yeah. I will say that. I, I, very annoying. I, Never experienced it there. It was actually um, in my house here that I experienced it. Now, I've only had it one, happen one time, and I, I couldn't like see a ghost, but you just I could just feel something in the room, and like I, I wanted to get away, and I couldn't move, and it was <laughs> I crazy. Don't was crazy. like that at all. That's yeah. not the life for me. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> yeah. That's funny you brought that up. Yeah, man. That talk about a ghost story. That'll freak you out. It's, it, it's happened so many times to me at this point. I'm just like, I wake up, like my wife wakes me up. She's like, eh, it's happening again. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm fine. Go back to sleep. <laughs> uh, well, so that, yeah, those are, those are my ghost stories. Well, my one ghost story and then something about ghosts. But um, <laughs> so in the, the second half here, we're going to talk about um, some bad experiences. So it's not all, you know, just scary stories. This whole episode, the second half is about, you know, bad experiences of off grid things. So the, the off grid horror stories and scary places to camp. But before we get into that, we're going to jump into a quick break here. So we'll be right back. And welcome back. Okay, so as we know, Ryan is uh, the most experienced off-grid 
encountering person. Um, so Ryan's actually got a few experiences that he's going to share with us about, um, I guess, going out to job sites for off-grid homes and telling us some <laughs> some real horror stories <laughs> of uh, what he's experienced out there. Because, you know, going off-grid, you don't have an HOA, um, <laughs> so there's no, <laughs> no way telling you to keep it clean or anything. So, Ryan, go ahead and, and tell, us, tell us what you got. Well... <laughs> You know, one of the things that uh, doesn't really get discussed a whole lot when it comes to living off-grid is is uh, the fact that that rodents uh, can be can be a real problem, and it's like a constant, it's kind of a constant battle for a lot of people. It's not, I don't know that that's everywhere, but around here it is. And so, if you go to a site that's you know a house that's been around for a long time, especially if it's been, you know, not lived in for a few years or something, the, the amount of mouse and rat droppings that you find in a lot of places and, and like rat piss as well. It's like, it can be like the, there's some places you walk into where they like they have all their batteries and their equipment and stuff and it just rat piss has like <laughs> this certain pungent smell like once you know it you, you know it you, for life you know it for life <laughs> and been to a lot of places like that but so anyway I was uh I was out like close to Ash Fork middle of nowhere um I go out to this spot. We're going to do uh, an off-grid upgrade. So house is from the 70s. And the owner, I get there. He's a nice guy, but the the dude had to have been on meth. Like, like I swear he was going to bite his ear off. Like, he was, like, nice, but, like, you could tell something, like, stuff was going on. And so anyway, at this house, I'm, there's a big crawl space and the house had been abandoned for several years before he had bought it. And so I'm crawling underneath this house and you can, there is just rat droppings everywhere. And I'm trying to get some, like figure out what's going on with the wiring. Like some of the wiring has been chewed through and there's so there's old insulation underneath the house and I'm laying on my back trying to figure out wiring. And as I'm doing that rat shit is just oh, no. dropping all no, 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 no. over me. <laughs> like like the entire time like dried, like you're scraping no. it. No, I mean, it, it, it was dry. Like most of it's dry. Did you have Not your mouth open any better or worse? Oh God. And it's just like, I was under there. <laughs> four hours and and I'm constantly having to do work in this insulation it is just dropping all oh over my me. god did you it have like just equipment like protective equipment on <laughs> <laughs> yes. don't tell me no. <laughs> no 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 I I had like the full the full Tyvek suit on and the mask and everything like it it was nasty I mean I've gotten in uh, situations where I was like I don't have the equipment, nothing like quite that extreme, but 
like where I did, I didn't have the Tyvek suit and stuff. And it's just like, you just like immediately get home and go to the, and get into the shower. Like it's, I mean, even if you have the full suit, you still do that, but I've just had a lot of experiences with, with, with mouse droppings and, you know, you reach into a box, uh, you know, junction box or a, an electrical panel or something. And it's just full of like rats nests and, and you know droppings everywhere is there moments like when you have days like that do you just think (laughs) to yourself like man i could be working for nasa or boeing (laughs) or spacex for for the listeners if you've turned it tuned in for the first time ryan is freakishly smart and and does not need to be in positions like this so do you do you ever end on your drive home are you like i'm I'm going to shut this thing down and I'm I'm calling NASA. Yes. That thought always goes through my head. Like always when I'm in those positions, like I have a degree, like I can not do this, but then there's also times when I'm, you know, sitting in front of a computer screen and like pounding away on something that's just monotonous and I just hate it. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, if I were, Working in one of those other jobs, I would be doing this and just hating my life all the time. So I'd rather like have ex- little experiences like that that make good stories versus, you know, not being happy otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, when when I first got hired at Prometheus and you said, we're going to have you go to a few job sites so you can kind of get the lay of the land and know what's going on. <laughs> and I went out there and I was like, God, I'm so happy. This is not what I do. <laughs> I said, this is why I got a degree. I'm not made out for this kind of stuff. But that argument doesn't even stand up either because like half of half of uh, Prometheus installers have degrees. Yeah, mine's in business though. So I could specifically not do that. <laughs> they want they look like engineering and sciencey things and I said, "No, no, no, no. No. Business." <laughs> Sit at the computer. <laughs> yeah. No. Speaking of rats, though, I've I find myself in the any not any time, but it's been several battery replacements that I've done in the last eighteen months or so. There's always flat rats. There's always flat oh, rats, especially with forklift oh. batteries. You move those yep. things, flat rats. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, like me last week, in these houses that like there's obviously been tons of rats and like they've like chewed through wires and stuff like how do you even fix that do you just re-pull wire and just start from scratch or like what what, do you try to salvage it or is it kind of like this is going to take so much time that it's not even going to be worth it you should just start over like what do you do yeah it's just a it's just a big process of elimination you just start at like the most probable point of of an issue and then you just kind of eliminate from there. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, I've never been in a situation where it's just like hours and hours and you can't figure it out. Like usually, usually you can find the source of the problem in a, in a reasonable amount of time. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So you've got a, another story here about pigeons instead of rats. Well, I mean, this is this is in that same vein. Like I <laughs> was, 
I was out in like Kendrick Park and I was crawling in this enclosed crawl space. And when, you know, you go into a dark crawl space and there's clearly things living in there, multiple things. See, I don't know about that because I I avoided it at all costs. Yeah, I mean, you're sliding on your back. Well, this one, like, there was literally, like, pigeons flying out from underneath this house as I was crawling in it. And you could see the pigeon droppings everywhere. Mouse. There were, like, lots of things living in there. And it's just you're spinning. You're enclosed. It's dark. You just don't know. You're like having to reach your hand into like little crevices that you just, you know, who knows what's in there. These are my worst nightmares. Like this is, this is the stuff that would stress me out. Like (laughs) no way would I ever, you know, like, mm -mm. like if I got hired to do that and you said, go in there. And I said, no, (laughs) no, no, no. (laughs) I'd be like, burn the house down, start over. I'm not doing that. I'll just move. Yeah, I would move. No, but it's a thing between like everybody except for me that works at the other company that we work for, Prometheus Solar, that Ryan also owns. Nobody wears gloves. Nobody. And you know you're going to put your hands in precarious situations. (laughs) I've seen the guys like rip their hands open and just like electrical tape them back together. Like what happens yeah. if you touch a black widow and you're two and a half hours in the middle of the desert? They're like, it's fine. <laughs> now, what little, you know, you can get a baby rattlesnake up there. You never know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. No, no. But I mean, that's kind of like what you <laughs> run into sometimes when you're living off the grid. So it's uh, <laughs> if you can avoid having that type of situation, because like, like Ryan said, like okay, when you have when you live in an off grid home. And you've got this off-grid system, you know, batteries, solar, all that kind of stuff. You're paying for somebody to, if some, if you need somebody to work on your system, you're paying for them to drive out to your house, spend the time there, all the cost for the equipment, and the drive back. So if you can avoid things like this, like having them to them spend so much more time trying to figure out what the problem is because you've got tons of rat droppings everywhere or the equipment hasn't been taken care of, it's going to cost so much more money than just, you know, maintaining the system well and making sure the area that it like batteries and stuff are in are clean. Like it's, I would imagine it's hundreds of dollars in like a year that's going to save people and thousands over a lifetime. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. So just keep it clean. I don't know what you're talking about. From my perspective, if I live two and a half hours out in the middle of nowhere and I hire some guys to come out and swap out some batteries, it better be two to three hundred dollars. <laughs> yes. You sound like you sound like a classic customer for sure. Yeah, yeah I don't know yeah. where I pulled that one from. <laughs> <laughs> like how well? How much do we charge for somebody coming out? To, like how much is the the time? Because it's done by time spent. Besides the equipment, like on average, if you live two and yeah, a half like a hours service in, the call. The, in the middle of the desert, and it takes yeah. five hours total to get there and back, if we were to drive there, turn around, and come back, mm-hmm. you're looking at thousand bucks minimum. Yeah, you know, like so. if you're going to do something, like just to drive out and look at it. 
you're, yeah, you're looking somewhere between 500,000 to, 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 to look at it, do an assessment, spend an hour or two on site. If you're swapping out batteries and you're looking at a thousand minimum, um, you know, cause you're going to spend a few hours out there with a few people. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. What it, that's the cost. That's, that's just what it costs. Cause that's, that's going to turn into a 10 hour day for like three people. Right. Mm-hmm. And then cost of gas and, materials and yeah all the stuff so yeah so if you're if you're a person that's considering living off grid or you are living off grid that's kind of like the thought process behind that because we do get that a lot that people are like oh what is it like 100 bucks 200 bucks to come out here it's like no it it is 10 times that you know because it's just like these are all the things that go into it so um if you are considering it or or already living off grid it's kind of the something that you need to know is, is how much it's going to cost to get somebody out here to actually help me out if something needs to be fixed. Um, so learning about how, how your system works and how to maintain it is, is going to help you save money in the long run, whether that's just maintenance or cleaning it and all that kind of stuff. So, um, Ryan, you've got another thing on here about golf cart batteries. (laughs) This is this is the one that I've been most excited to hear. It says about. 64. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you have customers like just want you to come out and like, hey, I bought this inverter or something online and I can't find anybody to do it and to install it for me. Will you come out and you ask them to send pictures and they take some really bad pictures <laughs> of just like, you Their know, thumb. instead of like the whole <laughs> system, they take like a photo of like you know, what model number it is. It's like, I don't need to know that. I need to know what everything looks like. Well, anyway, I get out to this site and we had driven, I don't know, two and a half hours to get there. And you sometimes you walk into there and you're just like, what is happening? And this one particular site had 64 golf cart batteries, which is insane that someone that. would try to maintain 64 golf cart batteries. That's like a full-time but, job. <laughs> and like all different size cables, all different conditions, all different types of golf cart batteries. You could tell like they just, somebody, one of their neighbors was getting rid of a few and they're like, all right, well, I'll just add those in. And so to like add anything to that and to try to mess with that bank and, and, um, what the biggest problem was there was no disconnects, right? So no, nothing that I could like shut off to prevent current from flowing so that I knew every time that I made a connection, it was going to arc and you don't know to what extent that arc is going to, you know, it could be just like this little flash or it could be a big spark. Like it scares you every single time it happens because you know something's going to happen and you don't know to to what extent it, the the damage is going to be. So that was just like one of the and then you know you've driven three hours to get there, so you're not going to be like I'm sorry I can't help you. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're not going to just waste that time. So. I don't know. It's just those kind of experience and the and the not having a proper electrical like the proper circuit protection and all of that. It's just it it makes the job very nerve wracking. Like you're on edge 
every thing. Like you're working around 64 golf cart batteries. If you happen to touch anything incorrectly and short across any of those terminals, you know, you know, you could either melt a, melt a terminal, damage a connection at worst case, like a, have a battery blow up on you or something like that. Like it's, it's so what, what is this, times. what is it that people need to get that they make sure they need to have for these systems? Well, one thing, one thing before he even goes into that, just for those who don't know, that is 192 cells that need to be watered monthly. <laughs> just put that in perspective. So still for those water. of you that are thinking, yes, golf cart batteries are cheaper, but they're more maintenance and they're not going to last as long. And you're going to spend most of your time enjoying off-grid watering your batteries you're gonna water your batteries more than you're gonna water your plants whatever you're planting yeah, yeah. it's like good goodbye to your like entire weekend trying to do all of that like yeah no way so to help prevent people from getting shocked and blowing up batteries you need oh. to stop the flow of the power coming through so what what is it that people need for that you need disconnects, like actual circuit breakers. Like some people will have circuit protection, but they'll just have like a fuse. But you can't stop the flow of current with a fuse. You, you can by removing the fuse, but when you remove the fuse, it's going to arc. Mm-hmm. So a circuit breaker is or, or a, an actual disconnect. Um, Either one will, you know, and you want that to be able to isolate your batteries so that you can work on your batteries without, you know, blowing them being, up, being nervous about every stupid connection you're making. Yeah. And I know we mentioned it before in another episode um, about what to do if somebody, like, so, like, if you're watching somebody work on batteries or something else and they start getting electrocuted. Like, what do you do in that scenario? Like, do you let them ride it out? Do you pull them off? Or, or what, what do you do? So, well, with batteries, it's not, it's not like, um, it's not like if you accidentally touch your bus bars or something in your service panel at home, it's not going to like attach you to where you're shaking and you can't move away from it. In my experience, uh, at least, uh, it'll typically let you know in the form of a violent arc that it doesn't want what you're trying to do to it. Um, but I have had two, I've had two scenarios where, um, the battery is <laughs> accidentally put the negative to a positive on its, on it, on, on one single battery. And that's a fun science experiment for those that want to try that. I don't try that because it, it, it essentially just creates a little smoky fireworks show that you got to run away from. And, uh, and then the other scenario is that if you ignite it, it'll just explode. Like the gases inside on lead acid batteries specifically. If, uh, if, yeah. you, if you arc it and it's built up gas, it will blow up. Uh, and it's likely won't kill you, but it will scare the shit out of you. Yeah, so don't do that stuff. You know? <laughs> what are your, um, what's your thoughts on that one, Ryan? <laughs> uh, yeah, same experience. I don't, you know, for the most part, 
these are low voltage battery banks that we're working with. So the, the chance of you like grabbing something and like not being able to release it, like it, you can touch for the most part if you're not standing in a puddle of water and like grounding yourself to something like you can touch battery cables and not have any issue because it's all like low voltage and most of the time like your shoes are preventing you from like being grounded to something and and the fact that it is low voltage is not gonna like travel through you and cause any damage but uh but you got to just be careful about shorting shorting the batteries that's where you're gonna get really get into trouble so, you'll, yeah. you'll know too because your arm will vibrate like I, I remember yeah. the very first battery bank I changed out at Prometheus when I started I did it by myself and I had wired up I don't know a thousand batteries prior to that but never to an inverter connected to a solar array and nor have I ever shut any of that stuff off so I was just guessing because I didn't have any <laughs> cell phone I wasn't in cell phone range of anybody so I was like I'm just gonna flip everything off and see what happens and um I basically just kept going until my arm stopped vibrating. And I was like, all right, that's probably fine now. <laughs> but yeah, I can, I connected that last one and I was like, Ooh, there it is. That's <laughs> there's electricity flowing through that thing. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's usually when you get those feel. it's like a higher voltage, like a higher voltage, um, you know, like a hundred volts or more. So oh, that, that could have so been like, danger, a, is what you're saying. It could have been like a solar array or something like that. I'm not saying it's not possible with low low voltage stuff, but it's usually would need to involve like like when I notice it with batteries and stuff is when maybe it's hot and my hands are sweaty, um, you know, and you're able to touch the metal like housing that holds all the circuit protection, and you're touching a terminal at the same time. Like you can get that little tingly feeling with situations like that so it's, well you can all look yeah. forward to that Keneally, <laughs> <laughs> uh, jumping off of the topic of um off-grid horror stories um in terms of jobs you have one um of being in the middle of nowhere doing a certain act what it was what a what's this story that you've got here you know, it's it's funny that because this is it's actually was my job and it, I was off grid at the time. There you go. Yeah. So, for any of our listeners that are military, you know that you're going to spend some time off grid, whether you like it or not. Especially training in the army, um, and for those stationed in or around the Pacific Northwest, know what Yakima is or YTC, Yakima Training Center. Um, so, long story short. I was in artillery, right? So you can only shoot artillery in the middle of nowhere unless you want to hurt somebody on accident. So you go to this massive, massive desert terrain training area in the middle of nowhere in eastern Washington. And um, oftentimes you're at, you're at a firing point, right? Which a firing point is just a designated plot of land that you can shoot your cannon from, right? And uh, there's often no facilities, there's no at your best case is you have a porta potty. Um, most of the time you don't. So this particular night, I did not have a porta potty, and I had the Chili Mac MRE. All right. Oh no, <laughs> Chili Mac, That's Chili Mac. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so good though. It's, it is. Uh, yeah, it tastes good. It tastes good. But it wanted out. 
in the middle of the night. <laughs> and uh, we were doing what was called uh, some light discipline training, right? So no, couldn't use, couldn't use flashlights, couldn't use headlights, couldn't use a lighter. But we did have night vision goggles. So I wake up in the truck. I don't know. I don't remember what time middle of the night between midnight and two because nobody was up joking at this point so everybody was sleeping um so i decided i could not hold it my only option was to take these night vision goggles and walk out as far as i could because if if you do it close to where everybody's uh hunkered down you're gonna get in trouble so i had to walk i don't know 100 yards in the middle of the no middle of nowhere could have been snakes boars um and i just had to dig a hole and do my business. So, and for those of you ha- who have not worn night vision goggles, I mean the newer ones you can have you can have both eyes, right? But the ones we were using were single single nods. So my right eye was lit up in you know all green and then my left eye was basically useless. It was all black out of that one. So so like with no depth perception trying to trying to take a dump in the middle of nowhere and uh, I kept hearing noises all around me, right? So all I could do is close my left eye and look right or look left. Try to like, look behind me. <laughs> so, like, I tried to just focus on the stars. If you ever get to wear night vision goggles at night, just look up at the stars because it'll distract you. It's real pretty. But um, then I'm like, I'm just guessing. I have no idea if I'm crapping all over myself or in the <laughs> hole that I've dug. Night vision does nothing for feces. Like, just... That's my horror story. That was, there was, there was that, that was the moment where I was like, I'm definitely not re-enlisting. <laughs> Doing this at all. This sucks. So yeah. that's, that, that's the story. That's the, the involuntary um, off-grid experiences. So just as valid. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Thanks for your horror story, Keneally. Um We're going to talk about right now, some of the, like I mentioned earlier, the uh, some of the scariest places to go camping. So Ryan, this one's for you, um, because you said that you've never encountered ghosts while camping. So now you have to go to these places, and we're and you're going to tell us what happens. So the okay. first one is, it's a Lake Morena in San Diego. So that one you can totally go to; it's close by. Um, here's what I found. Here's what it said. I'm just going to read it to you. On October 26, 1983, the San Diego Union ran a story with the headline, More Than Fish Haunt Morena. At the time, park volunteers and rangers attested to witnessing levitating bodies, hearing heavy footsteps when nobody was around, and seeing an old man in their peripheral vision. Nope. Don't like that. <laughs> That's what I think I'm going to encounter no matter what if I go camping. Like if I go out in the middle of nowhere, that's guaranteed to happen. What? Like an old guy, would that really scare you? If there's a levitating freaking body, yeah. I'm going to break his hip. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take his ARB card from him. <laughs> No, oh my god, that sounds terrifying. No, that would, scare, that would scare the shit out of me. Yeah, don't yeah. like that at all. Mm-hmm. So you've never encountered that, Ryan? Nothing like that? No floating bodies? Uh, no. no. You're lying. You're lying to me. 
You never even like wandered up on a rattlesnake once, at least. Oh yeah, I mean I've come across rattlesnakes and golf snakes and stuff. Like and yeah, I mean golfing in Florida, alligators all the time. Like, yeah, Um, I don't know. Across rattlesnakes once in a while and golfing in northern Arizona, but you know, they let you know not to come near them. I guess old man floater probably is just like, do you just? What's the extent of that? And they just see him out of their periphery and they're like, oh, shit, Gramps. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it also says the, the hearing heavy footsteps when nobody's around. Mm. I don't like that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So I think I hear that stuff when I'm just by myself, you know? I just think somebody's always trying to get me. But You know you know what? I do have another ghost story I should have told. There, there I did have it – just, it just dawned on me. It's not camping. It – in fact, it was in a castle, but, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah, no, you, you just sparked it with the footstep thing. I was, uh, I was staying in a, a castle, Kennedy castle in Ireland. And, uh, I went archery shooting with my buddies. And at the end, this old, it was an old dude. I don't know. He's, I don't know, between 60 and 70 that's doing the archery thing for us. And then he made a little small talk with us at the end and was like, uh, he was like, oh, what, what room or what area of the castle are you staying in? And I was like, oh, it's like Marietta or something. And he was like, oof. <laughs> I was like, well, that's not what you want to hear. Yeah, what do you mean? And he was like, well, it's just an old story. And then t- tells us that, that there's a, a, a monk that was killed or something in, in, in that specific wing of the castle. So, of course, every, her- every sound I heard for the rest of the evening was that monk in my head. So... Mm-hmm. Because I'm tough, I had to sleep with all the lights on. <laughs> I made my wife sleep closest to the door. <laughs> it was super creepy. And in, and in fact, they had this, like, what in, behind the castle, they had what looked like this torture. We should put this on Facebook, on the, on our Facebook. It's like, it looked like this torture, ceremonious, like, torture area. There was, like, a big rock in the middle and then, like, weird bench rocks around it in the back. And they, they did... Um, what was that? What's that big famous uh, ghost hunting? Ghost ghost hunting? Ghost hunters? hunters? Yeah, they, <laughs> they did a, a whole episode at this castle. We found out mm. while we were there. And uh, so I, I guess I do have a ghost story. It did not dawn on me until you said that. But yeah, that, that, that was crazy. I would be pissed if that guy told me that. I, 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 I was. I was. I really was. I was like, can we go to the dungeon bar now? And like, I was pretending to, you know, have fun drinking my Guinness and eating my wings. But the whole time I was like, I'm not going to be able to sleep. Nope. Great, yeah. It's super creepy. It worked, and I'm sure he does it to every freaking tourist. Oh yeah, yeah. that's that's their <laughs> shtick, right? They they're gonna tell you that regardless of where they're staying. Worked like yeah, a charm. That's like uh, nice. the the Monty V downtown Flagstaff. Right. We've got a Monty couple here. Is, Flagstaff. That one's haunted. I had a uh, Halloween party there one time, and then tried to stay the night, and I said, "Nope, nope, nope, nope. Don't like it." Same with the it's Weatherford Hotel. Yep, yeah. Weatherford. Yeah, or I guess Monta Vista and then Weatherford's down the road, but yeah. Um, okay, so the other one is on the east coast um, of the United States, Braley Pond in West Augusta, Virginia. So it says, there are many different stories about the ghost that haunts Braley Pond. Some say you can see the spirit hovering over the creek. Others say you can hear horses trotting down the road and the mysterious laughter of children. That's Oof. where you get me. The ch- 
kids are creepy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> kids yeah. Are creepy when they're not ghosts <laughs> laughing yeah. children. Yeah. Mm. Nope. yeah. Children laughing, laugh, laughing in any situation is creepy. I, yeah. I just that or like dolls. Oh my gosh. Porcelain no. dolls. I can't. Oh my one time. Okay. This one time when I was in middle school again, my, um, my dad's wife used to buy lots of porcelain dolls and, or just dolls in general and collect them. There's one time we were just sitting watching TV and this doll was laying down, completely laying down on the table out of nowhere, sits up, turns its head to us and says, come play with me. Oh <laughs> my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I, we Are you literally serious. Yes. Was it like an automated thing that it just kicked in? Or was, how is that not your yeah, first story? It, 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 it didn't. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It literally scared the crap. Out. We took that doll in the middle of nowhere and threw it out the door, like out the car. Oh, like nobody was even near it. Nobody was interacting with it. Out, and that just happened. And it oh, had no machine parts in it. I don't know if I'm sure it did, but the fact that it came up and like did that out of nowhere with nobody being near it was so freaking scary. Oh, something probably arced the battery inside. That's yeah, (laughs) yeah, kicked it alive. I think, I think the the doll thing that is the the freakiest. My, my, um, my mom had a bunch of these porcelain dolls like in the guest bedroom, so whenever we'd go home. She would have them like sitting on the bed and I would always like the first thing you do is like you take them and you like, you know, stuff them in the closet. But you yep. you can't help yep. but think like you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and that thing's going to be sitting on your chest just like staring at you. Mm-hmm. Like It's uh, yeah. well, Mackenzie said that like her, her and her sisters would experience like they would have dolls in their house and they would turn the dolls heads away. So they wouldn't be looking at them and they would wake up and they'd all be facing towards them in the morning. And I was like, no, no, I'd like stop. <laughs> That's not, Oh, don't yes. like it. Now I agree with you. I went through a phase when I was in the sixth grade um, where I decided I wanted to destroy all my action figures. I don't know if it was because they were creepy or I was just destructive. But uh, when you're burning the insects, I, yeah, it, it was around that time. So like what I did was I turned the lawnmower, like the push lawnmower on with the hand crank. And then I turned it upside down and then I just threw all my little power ranger dolls into the blades. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so, so I don't know who's creepy in that story. If it's me or the dolls, but um, I'm sure to a next door neighbor that was looking at that, thinking back on it, they were probably like, Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a creepy kid I've got living next door to me. Yeah. <laughs> You're like that kid from a uh, toy story. Sid. Sid. Yep. Yeah. You're Sid. <laughs> you kind of look like Sid if you were bald. Oh, uh, that's not true. I'm very attractive. When I'm, bald. I'm, I'm oddly attractive with hair. You can, you don't want to see me without hair. <laughs> uh, so, so just like, um, Keneally said when he was, um, in Ireland, the best way to keep away ghosts, and and this is for grid when you're living on the grid or living off the grid, the best way to keep ghosts away is by having the lights on. And so, how do you do that? 
You ensure that you've always got power. Right, Keneally? Absolutely. You can't Absolutely. have light without power unless you have a lighter and you can make a fire. Yeah, unless you have fire. <laughs> but if you don't want to light your house on fire to have light, then you can just have things like a generator or a solar power station to make sure that you've got power no matter what. Um, what do we on Shop Off Grid? We've got the champion stuff. We use one for a lot of our like our off grid installations. It's Kohler, like K O H L E R. Mm-hmm. Kohler generators. Um, do they make smaller, like portable generators, Ryan? Or are they all just home? They're all home standby. Yep. Cool. Re- That's reach a- out to us too if you, if any listeners want to buy those, we can. Yeah, if you need like help sizing, because like ours, uh, the the champion ones, they're both portable options, and there's also standby for like a full home. Yeah. Um, nice. And yeah, and then there's also the. Uh, the power stations, but we actually got like full house sized power station type things, kind of like the Tesla power wall as well. So that stuff, that's, those are the homeless things. Um, but just like any system, like with, with, with your generator, you have to make sure that it's, you're keeping it tuned up, you know, that you're not just letting it sit and assuming that it's going to work for you in five years, even though you haven't used it, you know, it's making sure that it's, finely tuned and ready to go whenever you need it so or charged in the case of that's the best way generator. to keep the ghost away yeah and keep keep it cho- charged with like a energy one or EcoFlow or whatever so that's the best way to keep the ghosts away so i hope you guys enjoyed our uh halloween uh themed spooky episode here of off-grid horror stories um thanks so much for tuning in thanks for coming here for season two episode one yeah heck yeah um make sure to go and listen to season one if you have not there's a whole 10 episodes over there make sure to visit our website shopoffgrid.com where you can find all kinds of off-grid and camping and rv products Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. If you've got any questions or suggestions for future episodes, feel free to shoot us an email at info at shopoffgrid.com. Thanks so much, and we will catch you next time.